Hey, Heartbreakers, welcome to the first bonus episode of The Breakup Breakdown, where we will be breaking down this week's episode. And joining me, I have everybody's favorite co-host. We have Lexi in the building. I was wondering where that was going to go. I'm, I'm, re- <laughs> I'm referencing both of you. I was like, oh, which one's going to be the favorite? And the heartthrob of the Heartbreakers, oh, it's Coach Justin. You are the heartthrob. I don't know about that, though. I think, like, you picked the only good photo of me ever. It's the only photo where your wife isn't in there. Yeah, that's also true. I don't take like solo photos aren't like a thing that I really feel like I should post. Except for the one that I found on yeah. your Facebook. which I think I only posted because Nicole made me post. Yeah. She's like, you have to post about our wedding. And I was like, oh. It's our most engaged <laughs> post on our Instagram, which by the way, everybody should follow at Breakup Breakdown Podcast. I've been using it against my wife too. I've been really? like, look, see, everybody thinks I'm hot. Everybody <laughs> thought you slouched and had long, dark hair. I do slouch, um, but I don't, have long, <laughs> I don't have long, dark hair. Anyway, let's get into the episode. So these are going to be really fun, lighthearted episodes where I have different guests on, different co-hosts to come and make commentary about the episode, to talk about different relational issues that come up. But I do want to touch on something that happened recently that was just so heartbreaking in our community. I'm going to briefly touch on a domestic violence situation. So just a heads up, just a content warning if that's not something you want to listen to. Skip ahead about a minute or two. It'll get right back into the episode. It's a bit of a sad coincidence that this week we're supporting the Hubbard House here in Jacksonville. It's a domestic violence shelter because one of our former co-workers actually actually was allegedly very recently, like in the last couple of weeks, the victim of a domestic violence dispute. She was at home with her two kids, pregnant with her third child, and allegedly her fiance shot and killed her. And it truly is just the most heartbreaking thing. It honestly just reinforces why I want to continue to financially support domestic violence shelters throughout the country. Because honestly, now I have firsthand experience witnessing what it's like for someone to not get that help and maybe to not even know that that was even an option and to see the absolutely tragic result of it. She's a pretty public figure around our community. So there have been some memorials for her where her family's actually been raising money through Cash App to help with funeral costs and also now just the financial burden of taking care of two kids. So in the episode description, I'm going to include a link to the news article that explained the situation and also just talks a little bit about her. And then right below that, I'm going to put her mom's Cash App. So if you decide you want to contribute anything to her family, you have that option as well. Okay, so let's start breaking down this week's episode. This week was fun. It was all about an ambush that I've been teasing, teasing, teasing for weeks. It is probably the most bonkers story I think I've ever put out. So let's start from the beginning. When you turned on this episode and you heard that this girl was going to go across the country and have to get something from her ex-boyfriend who just went off the rails, what did you think was going to happen? Did you think he cheated and was going to go live with his second family? Did you think he was, I don't know, trying to ruin her finances? What did you think was going to happen? I kind of thought like it was just like a disagreement type situation. Like maybe they weren't on the same page about something. I didn't expect it to go the way they went, but I don't see a situation that's going to make like where a relationship's so bad that you're just going to like like up and leave and go halfway across the country unless you potentially had something else in the works. I thought double life right off the bat. Right off the bat. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's two sides to every story and I always default to that. But I thought right away, double life. It really felt like a plot for a comedy movie, like a mother-daughter comedy road trip movie. Like, we're going to get your dog back. It starts the mom and the daughter. They're not that close. And she's telling her she needs to leave this guy. And she's like, mom, I love him. And then it doesn't work out. And then they go on a road trip and they get closer the whole way through. Should we claim the intellectual you property might have for that. Because <laughs> I think I might have mentioned that where once they realized there were drugs in the vehicle, if this wasn't like so sad and awful, right. if this was a written out script. I get being oblivious, but if somebody is like dealing some, like you're going to notice that. So I found it hard to believe that she didn't come on. Like if he had <laughs> drugs around all the time, like you get, somebody's going to notice. Maybe he didn't have drugs all the time. 
because this guy was hiding a lot of yeah. stuff. He was basically claiming that he was attending this university mm-hmm. when they first met and apparently was not and then did the same thing when they both moved to a different city. But even that to me was like, did he fake having to do like papers and stuff like at no point after school stuff? Was he right. like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. at some point you'd be like, dang, you're like really fast at writing these 10 page essays for college and you're just busting through all this stuff. She mentioned in our interview and I don't know if I cut it out for time's sake, but she was kind of financially supporting him. She bought him books and was literally yeah. dropping him off on campus. So if you're somebody's girlfriend and you're literally doing all of this very tangible work for this guy, mm-hmm. you're not thinking that this is any kind of ruse. This man was committing to the bit. Oh, you very much was. Like he should be an actor in the movie that's based off this plot. Like he would he'd probably be good at it. Have you ever had a significant other lie to you about something like that? About like money? Just something big. Were they pretending to be somebody that they weren't? Did they kind of have this lie that they were pretending to be something that they weren't? Not pretending to be someone they weren't with other people, like cheating. I've had that. I've been cheated on. <laughs> yeah. Timed, if you will. Both of my exes cheated on me. We yeah. could we could like go go yeah, over both. Was Mine was with a forty year, with her uh, forty year old principal of her school that she no. worked at. What? <laughs> I had an eighteen year old assistant manager. Okay. See. Yeah. There we go. These are two totally different sides of the spectrum. Forty year old principal. Eighteen year old. Who was her boss? Who was her boss? From my understanding. Yeah. Did either of you know? Did you have any inkling? So to that, when we graduated college, she moved back to her hometown, which may or may not be near where you went to school. I stayed here because I was trying to get a job here at the radio station. And when she came to visit once, she brought him. Like She brought her principal? Yeah, like he was like, he was like a friend. Like, you know, like she had a friend group there and it was like a friend thing. And then it was just like... But she's it, 22 at the time, I'm assuming. 20, uh, 20, young 20, 20s. Young 20s, yeah. yeah. And, and he had to have been 40, if not upper 30s. Oh and so like he came over and we're all hanging out. He was like, we hadn't seen each other in a few weeks. So I thought it was going to be like a just us hangout thing. And I was like, oh, who's this guy? And then later yep. on, he Unexpected to find threesome. Out. Yeah, stuff's going on. I just was like confused as to why this girl was around her, you know, and it mm-hmm. was just like, oh, well, that's weird. I was like so confused because I was like never in a million years did I think it. I thought this is like with my ex and like when we tried to rekindle things, I literally was like, you're totally dating a coworker, totally mm-hmm. seeing someone or like all these things and gay disclosure here. Like I literally was like, oh, maybe you're like hooking up with like your coworker who's a guy. I was like, this is going to blindside me in some way. So I was thinking of like literally the complete opposite. I was like, oh, like her one co-manager who's a guy, like I think she's hooking up with him. Note to self, if your significant other is bringing around somebody. And- Way out of left field. <laughs> yeah, if it's, if it's, it's just a possibility. <laughs> For you, what would be a lie in your theoretical world? Like what would be a lie big enough that would make you want to break up with somebody other than cheating since we just covered that? I mean, it's obviously a flag or it'd be something that you'd have to like look into. But Nicole works in the golf industry, right? The golf industry is very proper and I hate it. I walk in there and they're like, oh, you can't have jeans on. If she was like, oh, I work at Starbucks, actually works at a golf course. I would be like, are you ashamed of me because I can't button it up like that? Mm. I know that's a very specific situation, but I'm sure some people might think that like, oh, am I not businessy enough for the job you're in or whatever you're doing? Yeah, there's a lot of insecurity to that. Like my friend actually yesterday called me about her new boyfriend. They've only been seeing each other for like three months. It's very fresh. And she just found out he like kind of is lying about how much he was making. And he like flat out said, he's like, the reason I kind of lied to you is I did find out you were making more. He's like, I think I'm up for a promotion and I know that I could provide for you, but like, I didn't want you to feel that way. I get asked that all the time because Nicole makes more than me. And people ask that and specifically with golf because golf, very male heavy sport. I get asked all the time, like, how do you live with yourself that your wife's better than you at golf and makes more money than you? And I'm like, it's great. I have her teach me golf. And then we just like joint work and bring in money. Like, I don't see why it's a thing. Justin, our feminist king. (laughs) Round of applause.
applause for Justin. Yeah. That's like kind of like the general thing, you know what I mean? Right. There is a time where I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, if we get down the line with kids and stuff like that, then there is a situation where it's like, okay, let's see if we could live off my salary without yours because, it, you know, she's told me numerous times, like, I would love to stay home with the kids if we can afford to do it. And I'm like, well, you're bringing home the money, so I will stay home with the kids. Because like when I was dating my ex, like he got a job offer in Philadelphia and mm-hmm. I was on the radio and I was like, I don't get this opportunity everywhere. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you work in retail. Like, I don't want to say like you could get a job anywhere, but you could get a job anywhere. So then when COVID laid me off in my other job, it yeah. was like, okay, this makes sense. But Let's the go. second I moved there, I literally was like, okay, but if I get a radio offer, I'm out. we're going to move together. Those are the kind of conversations you have to be on the same page with where it doesn't sound like they had that conversation in yeah. this. I do believe that like people should love you wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if people don't meet where you're at with your future, you know, it's like my friend who I was talking about who was like, I'm worried he was lying to me about his money. She grew up like not having a lot of money. And she mm-hmm. said flat out, she's like, I'm okay with him making this little right now. But like, I do know it I don't want to tell to my kids no, like I got, to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Growing mm-hmm. up. So, I mean, if that's the future you're trying to create, those things matter. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely feel that way too. Like, and maybe it does sound a little shallow because I have this conversation with my mom all the time because she grew up, I wouldn't say poor, but definitely like in that situation where it was very, money was tight, but she got married to my dad when like money was tight on both their ends. And now mm-hmm. my dad is like very successful. And she's like, well, don't discount people just because of what they do. But I'm like, I work in radio. If I lose my job and I have kids, like I definitely want to feel like I can rely on someone, even though that is like a little bit sexist and unfair. But on the flip side of that, I do like working and mm-hmm. I almost feel as a woman with a career, I feel like I can't really find somebody until I'm at like a place where I feel like my job would matter because I know that if I want to have someone who has like a financially stable job, I would be the job that they wouldn't want to support because like if I'm going to have kids and stuff. We do get, I do get that joke with like Nicole every, and, and she says it in a joking way, but like I could see in situations where it's not like, you know, Nicole would be like, oh, you just make memes all day or you make, <laughs> you make videos for social media all day. I'm like, eh, it's not, yeah. I get it, but that's not what it is. So like I could see mm-hmm. that in an argument potentially coming up as like a counterpoint to something. You yeah. Know, so. Like if I marry a lawyer and an accountant, like obviously like these are jobs that really contribute to the functioning of society. Mm-hmm. Whereas entertainment technically is a luxury. And yeah. I get that this is sort of a luxury to get to have this job too. So I definitely have a fear of, I can't find somebody until my job is important enough for them to care my, about it too. Well, and my fear with like the kids side of it too, is like you said, like this job is kind of like a passion thing for everybody here. Like you love doing it. And so I always felt like if I have a kid and we realize right off the bat, like this is more expensive than we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I have to leave my job for some cubicle marketing gig just so I can make 60, 70, 80, whatever it is a year so that I can provide for this kid. And I, I'm sure in that situation, like your mindset changes, like at that point you're providing for your family from like an outside perspective, looking forward to that. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to stay in radio. Like this has been my job. This has been my goal for this long. So I think there's all those kind of pressures. Also, this guy shouldn't leave drugs in his car when going on a date. Like, <laughs> <laughs> back to the episode. I'm just saying like you left I him saw, in the car. I saw, we should be videotaping this because I saw his train of thought change. Like, I mean, Justin's like, train of thought. Wait, wait. And he's like, but wait a second. Now I know we just had a deep philosophical conversation about gender roles and finances, right. but back to the drugs. But don't leave drugs in the car, especially the center console. That's where people are going to look first. Like, well, he called her to let her know. I mean, he wasn't clearly trying to hide anything about it. Like how didn't, like, I don't know. Like, do you not just open the center console? Like, was he not worried she was going to open the center console? Like, she that's, was stressed. She was trying to take her dog, her baby back I to understand. But if he did that that time, like I'm sure back in the day when they were going on a date night, mm-hmm. there was stuff in the center console. It's like Maybe he's like, I'm going to go across the country and sell drugs and that's how I'm going to become rich and then I can wife her up. I don't know why I'm doing the southern I accent. Wife her up. <laughs> I can wife 
wife her up with my drug money. Wife her up. He's ready to wife her up with his drug money, and that's how he thinks he's going to solve all these problems. True. And, you know, she said people were coming by the house afterwards, so it sounds like he was pretty deep in. Like, that's yeah. not like, <laughs> it's like a Walter White situation from Breaking Bad. Like, you start to like it, you're not going to leave that lifestyle. But to your point, something else I want to touch on is she said that her friends and family really didn't like this guy. Yes. Like, for legitimate, valid reasons. They started picking up on the fact that he was pretending to be something that he's not going to a school that he wasn't actually mm-hmm. going to. And maybe the drug conversation was also involved in that sure, as well. Because if been. you're thinking about marrying this person, you probably don't want to get involved with that. There was a point towards the end of the episode where I was like, is there a point in time that you think you should have left in hindsight? And she said, well, my friends told me that they would not attend this wedding if we decided to get mm-hmm. hitched. Do you think that makes somebody a bad friend if they don't want to go and support at the wedding? Or do you think yes. that was just like a valid point? Regardless of your opinion on the wedding or the person, you still go to support your friend. Mm-hmm. I think you still have to go. I would still make it known and that's not a fun conversation to have and maybe at that point, the person that is getting married asks you not to come, but I would still bring up the concern, but I would still go to support because if that's what the person wants and that's what you want, I've cleared my conscience, you know, mm-hmm. like I've told yeah. you, but I'm still going to be there to support like, you. At what cost is the friendship to you? This is what I'm going to do. You can either support me or you can not support me, but if you don't support me, I can't promise our friendship's going to And I'll tell you what, me. something I've noticed is weddings, for whatever reason, really change relationships with your friends and your family in good and bad ways. Mm-hmm. Like I have a lot of friends that I'm closer with now because of my wedding and I have a lot of family members who I will not talk to now because of my wedding. So like, it's just, I don't know what it is about that and that stress. There's so much stress going on so that if you have a friend that's just like, hey, this guy is a a-hole and I'm not coming to support you. Even if he is, you're going to be like, we've been friends since said long. I want, maybe you're in the wedding and now you're not even going to come because you disagree with this person. Like not going is probably a better chance of ending the relationship than you voicing your opinion saying that you don't like the person, but I'll still attend. I'm actually going to a wedding in two weeks and was just there for the bachelorette party in Miami. And my friend was like, yeah, there's going to be a part of the vows where we look out to the crowd and the officiant's going to be like, do you promise to support this couple in their marriage and life? And that's a big thing. Yeah. And so it is a more intimate wedding, but I do remember at my friend's wedding a few years ago, we were asked that too. I loved it because it made me feel very involved. Like, wow, I am committed to making sure that this marriage works. But I was also in the bridal party for that. This time I'm just like out in the crowd. I think a little bit of that too can also come back to the religion that the wedding's in as well because we had the same thing where we were like you know our the person that was marrying Nicole and I turned to the crowd and said like you guys are also a part of this if they're going through tough times like you have to help them as well so like that part of maybe the person just doesn't say yes I agree she's <laughs> in like, the back like hell no not me yeah they'll like speak now or forever hold your peace I'm just want to point out that I do not I'm not saying don't do it but I'm just saying I'm not saying anything about it uh, yeah it's like I'm not saying I'm not saying don't do it but I have spoken when you said speak now or forever hold your peace. There's that myth too. Like my mom always says if you wear black to a wedding it means that like, you don't support the marriage. You yeah. Oh yeah. interesting. You're not supposed to wear red or white. I think black is more accepted now. I remember when I was at my cousin's wedding years and years ago I was 10 so obviously I wasn't trying to like ruin the wedding <laughs> but I had to ask her I'm like can I wear this black dress because it's I was 11 it's the only thing that fits and looks good mm-hmm. but I thought it was because of it's like a funeral color. Yeah. I wore black and white. It was a black and white dress so I just broke all <laughs> kinds of, <laughs> kinds of rules. But yeah, so anyway, we can do a whole other episode on what to wear to a wedding. Okay, so let's end on trust because that's going to be a big topic over the next couple of weeks when we get into her next relationship that'll be released the following Tuesday. How do you know that you can trust someone that you're dating? Obviously, like there are red flags here, but what if you're just dating someone and they just all of a sudden blindside you? Uh, Trust is a tough one. I think it's 
one of those things where it's like actions obviously speak louder than words. So like you can trust them if you want to, but I'm not going to trust you until you prove it to me kind of deal. It's, it's I keep thinking of like Nicole and I watch Big Brother, the, the reality show. And the one guy was telling this girl who's been kind of backstabbed like twice. He's like, I understand you're going to be very hesitant to believe me. So let me prove myself with my actions this week by not getting you in a position to get voted out of the house. So it's kind of the same thing. Prove yourself. That's the way you got to do it. Well, I think that's a very interesting point that we can end on because <laughs> in the episode that's coming up on August 9th, it's going to really challenge that theory. Oh. And it's a great episode about getting blindsided and really just being unsure of how you can trust somebody. Mm. So with that being said, any predictions? Any predictions? Uh, well, the first one was so wild. So I'm going to go with double life or, or had a, already had a wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like that. I feel like there's going to be a strong longing through the whole episode of like, if it, something feels off, it's because it is. Could it, be a, could it be a situation of she had the first one go so bad that she wanted this one to be right and so maybe looked past certain things that you normally wouldn't? Wow. It's funny you should say that, <laughs> co-worker Justin. It's almost as if it's a theme. It's a really good one, so get super pumped and excited about it because we are going to be tackling trust issues next week with my new friend, Lily, who is from the Date Brazen podcast, and we will be talking about trust issues after we break down next week's breakup. So I will see you then. Feel free to leave a positive review if you want. Oh, Lexi has something to say. Lexi. Bye, Heartbreak. I wasn't done, but yeah, I guess we're done. Bye, Bye Heartbreakers. Heartbreakers. (laughs) Y'all suck.